0: You are listening to Caring Connected Conversations. And I'm Sydney, one of your hosts.
1: I'm Angie, your other host. Each week, Sid and I will carry on conversations about physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. We will share our personal experiences and thoughts in a raw and inviting way. We hope to inspire you
0: on your personal growth journey as we share tips, wisdom, and guidance around self-healing, self-growth, and most importantly, self-love. We wanna connect on a deeper level and what better way than through conversation.
1: We hope this opens new doors for you to connect to the people in your life by carrying on our conversations. Now, let's get connected. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of caring connected conversations and to be super specific welcome back to the continuation of episode 65 which was all around mental illness suicide and depression now the reason why we want to do a part two continuation is because we started to get so in-depth in terms of what we were talking about that we said, OMG, we're going, we're going to be chit chatting for way too long. So we're just going to cut it right where it is. And we're going to, restart a whole new part two. So here we are. So if you guys are listening to this and you have not listened to episode 65, I highly recommend for you to hit pause right now, go back to episode 65, re-listen to that because we are going to be speaking specifically from the tail end of that conversation. So without further ado, we are going to, before I introduce it, I want to kind of not bring the energy down, but I want to kind of bring the energy to a very intentional awareness that we are going to be talking about something deep, something dear to both Sidney's and my heart, something that has been going on in my life for literally my entire life, things that have been going on in friends and family of Sid's. So it's very dear to our heart. So here we go. We're going to be super intentional, super aware with how we are speaking, with how we feel about this whole topic. And here we go. Let's do it. So Sid, how are you?
0: Hello, I am doing good. Thank you. I am quite excited to continue this conversation. You know, before hitting record, I know both. Both of us went back and just re-listened to episode 65, just so we could get into this intentional space, remembering where we left the conversation. So we can, in a sense, pick up right where we left off. And it is really important to reiterate if you have listened to episode 65 or not, that this is a heavy topic, as Ange was was saying. And everything that we share in this space is our opinion. And our thoughts and our experiences. So we are not here telling anyone how to move through depression, um, or or specifically how to help people with depression. We of course are giving our opinions on what maybe we think would be a good tactics to help people, uh, but we are not, uh, you know, registered therapists. We are not. Um, We did not go to, we do not have education to back us up. So I just wanted to reiterate that at the beginning here, just so you guys know where we are coming from. The reason why we are creating this episode and episode 65 is solely for the reason of wanting to continue the conversation around mental illness, depression, and suicide, because we believe wholeheartedly that this conversation needs to keep happening in order to remove the stigma around it and in order for people to know that they are not alone in this space. So with saying that, I am just going to jump right into my thoughts based off of what Ange was saying in episode 65. So I've got a a few notes here that I want to touch on. And, And you were really explaining your experience with depression in your previous relationship and some of the feelings that you had through those years and some of the, in a sense, coping mechanisms you said that you leaned into that you believed saved your life. And one of those coping mechanisms you said was the use of marijuana. And it's really interesting to hear your perspective on this in your story and in your experience, because I have a very different experience with the use of marijuana when it comes to Depressive thoughts, anxiety, stress, and uh, the lead up to my mental breakdown. So, for you, Angie, you had said that, as I said, that you believed that marijuana saved your life because it allowed you to. Kind of step away from the heaviness that you were feeling and look at things from a different perspective. And I found that really interesting because you had mentioned that you were already on your personal growth journey. And so, because of that, I want to assume, of course, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I want to assume that you already were looking at life differently, being on your personal growth journey. You were already in the path of trying to understand how you could be better. You were on the journey of trying to figure out how difficult situations could allow you to grow rather than feeling in this victim mindset. Now, from my own experience, You know, I mentioned in episode 65, and I've mentioned this previously in in a few other episodes, but I experienced a mental breakdown several years ago. And in that moment, and probably for a good eight months after that moment, I would have never called it a mental breakdown. That's not how I would have considered it. Uh, It was through my healing that I really started to understand exactly what I experienced. Now, you said that you believe using marijuana saved you. And I actually believe that using marijuana um, hindered me drastically and was a big reason as to why I was pushed to a mental breakdown. Now, marijuana was not the reason. I was Uh, definitely surrounded by a toxic environment. And I was not allowing myself to process and understand my own emotions and get really clear on the triggers as to why my emotions were the way they were. And I was not in a space to then create change. So I was not experiencing what I had been experiencing. So it just built up and built up and built up. And so for me, Marijuana was a way for me to numb my pain, exactly kind of as you said, it was a way for you to uh, numb the heaviness, except at that point in my life, I was not on my personal growth journey. So I wasn't using marijuana to see from a higher perspective to try and help me through the situation. I was using marijuana to dull those moments in my life so I didn't have to think of the burden of my emotions and my thoughts. I used marijuana to just get through the day. And I think it's really interesting, these two competing ideas in a sense. And I'm I'm really grateful for how my path unfolded. And do I still use marijuana to this day? Yes. But my relationship with it has changed drastically. And I have had to take long periods of, of not using it, uh, because I needed to, I really needed to heal that aspect of my life and I needed to heal that coping mechanism. So that's not how I was using it. And that's not, I wasn't just falling into that pattern of trying to numb. And instead I was creating space for myself to process and understand. So I, I mean, I have a lot more thoughts on what you shared, but I want to just keep this conversation going and maybe we can discuss a little bit further of our kind of different experiences with this.
1: Yeah, totally. And thanks for, you know, reiterating based off of that last conversation we had. Um, but I think, you know, to kind of bring this whole topic to light, I do want to talk about my previous experience a little bit more so, because this might make a little bit more of an understanding. because. I didn't always look at marijuana on how I explained it, like on how it saved my life. I a hundred percent use it as coping strategies for the first like five years of that last relationship. Cause remember my personal growth was only these last two years that I've fully been involved in. So yes, my thoughts have been changing, you know, when I'm, when I'm actually, you know, taking or doing I don't even know how you want to say it. <laughs> using, Mar- using, thank you. Using marijuana. So for the first part of that relationship, there was a, there was a lot of heavy emotions that were going along, a lot of yelling, a lot of fighting, um, a lot of just a lot of toxicity. I think that's the perfect word to use. And the only way, cause I live so far from all my friends and all my family, the only way that I could cope and handle, you know, all of this, these negative feelings coming to me and how I can respond to them was I had to numb myself. I had to numb myself. So I didn't feel that sadness. I didn't feel that heaviness because it, it hurt so much when I was sober. So the only way that I can get away from that hurt was resorting to marijuana. And hence why I was using that at that time. And it stayed that way. And it stayed in that pattern because I felt so much more comfortable with the numbing sensation rather than the actual feeling sensation. So that's my, I guess, like start, like use of, of the drug. But then it got to the point where I started to becoming a little bit more conscientious on how I show up on all aspects of my life, my thoughts, my feelings and my actions. And that is when my personal growth journey started. And part of my personal growth journey means you have to look at every single one of your habits that you possess and question them. And I knew that me using marijuana. I had to question it. Why am I using it? Why does it bring me joy? What is it? What is going on with it? And that's when it, that moment dawned upon me. I'm like, that is what saved me. It saved me because it allowed me to escape my current reality without actually escaping my current reality. I could come back, but I wouldn't feel as bad because I had a moment to kind of suppress that sadness and all those those heavy emotions that I was feeling. So in my personal growth journey, because I was so aware of why I was using it, I started to have a little bit more brain chatter going on, I want to say. So I started having a lot more questions pop forward that I was asking myself. Like, And yes, they were all in my head, but I started asking myself, okay, well, do you really want to smoke every single day do you really want to suppress all of that heaviness or do you want to try excuse me do you want to try something different do you want to try journaling do you want to try all these different things and i just kept asking myself all these questions over and over and over again and A thing that I kept noticing myself doing in those moments where I was questioning everything is I kept questioning my current situation, my current environment, the relationship that I was in. I kept questioning it in terms of, okay, Ange, do you really like to be treated this way? Ange, do you really like the way that you're feeling Sober. Do you like your day? Do you love to wake up in the morning? Do you love your partner? Do you love everything about them? Are there things that you wish you could change? Okay. If so, what is it? And I would get, you know, stuck in all of those different theoretical hypothetical things, but it wasn't coming from an overwhelming place. It was coming from a, let's look at another option because in my moment that I was dealing with the things that I was dealing with, I didn't see another option because the only option was for me to escape mentally with marijuana. So that way I just didn't have to deal with the sadness and the heaviness that was coming from that relationship. It was just easier. It was comfortable. Right. But on my personal growth journey, I figured out this beautiful word called comfort is that if we are sitting in such a comfortable spot, it's because we're settling. We are settling and we are not dealing. And based off of that last conversation when we ended 65, I wrote down on my notes and I say this not to sound harsh, but to kind of wake us up. And it's time to own up to our own shit because my growth was my saving grace. Me actually looking into the things that brought me so much pain and sadness and all those heavy feelings, I finally decided to look at it. And yeah, I faced the pain. I faced the heaviness. Was it scary to look at it? It was beyond scary because I didn't even know where to start. But the, the point is, is I started and that's how I now look at weed as it saved my life because it allowed me to escape my reality, but it also helped me bring myself back to my reality to create a different change. So yeah, I hope that kind of clears some things up from how you perceived me, you know, earlier because I know we didn't really talk about this stuff like outside of the podcast too. So
0: Yeah, I think that gives, you know, a really good view into what you were saying in episode 65. And it also really shows a nice comparison between you and I, you know, I I know we talk about how comparison's not good. I I think comparison can be good if we are choosing to learn and grow from it. And, And we're not looking at comparison from a space of judgment and blame. So if I were to sit here and compare our two journeys free from judgment and blame and guilt. It truly is from the space of recognizing that you got to a point in your life where you were questioning things. And I think questioning things is really good, especially when we put ourselves in the role of Co creator of our life. So, questioning things not from a victim mindset of like, why is this happening to me? But instead, questioning things from a space of, why am I choosing this? And what do I want to do moving forward? And how do I want to experience life? And I can truly see how your use of marijuana uh, guided you through that phase of your life because. Yes, you were no longer in that relationship, and I think, especially the last year of your relationship, you know, after you and I reconnected, and I say that because I don't, I don't really know fully what you were up to before you and I reconnected, um, but I'm assuming you know the last two years when you got into that personal growth. I, I believe that that had to happen in your journey. In while you were still in that relationship, for you to prove to yourself that you are capable of creating more. And when it came time to leave the relationship because of how everything unfolded, I believe that you being on your personal growth journey probably gave you more confidence and more courage to be able to move through that breakup and the healing, even though it hurt, even though it caused a lot of pain and suffering and it was challenging, still Your journey, there was a little bit more courage and a little bit more confidence than if you had a broken up, you know, before your personal growth journey. And Mm -hmm. so, again, just bringing in my experience with marijuana, I never questioned those things. I never looked deeply into it. It literally was a tool, it was a coping mechanism I used to step away from thinking, which. I mean, is good sometimes because you don't want to overwhelm yourself except at being in personal development and spiritual growth. I know that thinking there, there is a a huge advantage to thinking because we have to be willing to process things. We have to be willing to try and understand things so we can take the lesson or the wisdom and we can create reason out of it in order to build our confidence and courage to continue forward. And nowadays I use marijuana very differently than how I've previously used it. And so in how you say you use it and you question things and it allows you to give Yourself a higher perspective, I agree with you now. Now that I'm in the space of understanding how it can be of benefit to me in my life, I'm very intentional with when I use it. And I'm very cautious of making sure that I'm not falling back into my old patterns, because I think that's really important. It's really easy to fall into addictive habits and patterns. And so it's really important for us to take the time to. Whatever it is that we're doing, if we're using alcohol, even if we're using working out, right, whatever Mm -hmm. coping mechanism we are using, it's really important that we take the time to process, you know, why are we using this? Are we using it to run away from something or are we using it to actually better ourselves? So I want to just turn the conversation a little bit and and bring in this idea of emotions because you were sorry, do you want to say something?
1: Yeah, sorry, just before you completely turn this around, I think I, it's a perfect time to, to point this out because you kind of brought it, this, this whole idea of coping mechanisms. Well, first of all, I loved everything that you said, of course, like always. But with these coping mechanisms, I think it's so important to to realize that it goes further than just marijuana and just alcohol. Okay, coping mechanisms can also be something so common that we see now in our day, age, and society is social media, aimless yeah. scrolling on social media. That is a coping strategy. And this is coming from an educated background. This is not just coming from a my opinion. This is true hardcore facts. This is not some something that I just pulled out. Like this is so true because when we are aimlessly scrolling through social media, we are suppressing all of those heavy feelings. So that way we can go into this other reality of, well, this, look at this person's life, look at what they're doing. Oh, that's better than mine. But the problem is, is we get stuck in the comparison mode from our current life based to what we just see. So how we perceive somebody else's life. So social media and those aimless scrollings, I'm, I hate to be the one to bring light to it, but it is a coping mechanism. It is a coping strategy. So being aware of how we are using or doing things in our life to see if they are coping mechanisms or coping strategies, that is a hundred percent another stepping stone to you on your personal growth journey. So looking at that wholeheartedly from an outside perspective saying, okay, well, why do I aimlessly scroll on social media? Is it because I'm trying to suppress on how shitty quote unquote my life is? Is it because I'm trying to escape? So I just wanted to point that out again before you you change- conversations here. No, I'm glad that you brought that up because
0: you're right. You're exactly right. And, and I think the whole point, uh, you know, the reason why I said working out, it was really just a point that like anything can be a coping mechanism. Right. And so if you're on your personal development journey, I mean, hopefully people, anyone does this. Uh, but I think really those of us who are, uh, who, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not clarify, but who like state, you know, I'm on my personal development journey. Like I, I, I want to grow. Right. What we need to do is we need to look at our habits. And so usually you're not going to look at your habit and say, that's a coping mechanism. It's after the fact that you understand that it's a coping mechanism, but you need to look at what you habitually do day in day out. And you need to be willing to go deep, with those questions, because we can sit here and say, Hey, why do you use social media? Why are you always on social media? Like if you spend over, you know, an hour and a half a day on social media, which the average is two hours a day, the average is over two hours a day. Everyone spends on social media. And if we're spending that much time on it and I ask you why, what's the reason, like, what are you doing? And, and your answer is simply, Oh, I like it that's not deep enough. There's something deeper there. So that's all we're saying is, you know, asking yourself these kinds of deep questions to really unpack what is going on there, right? But I want to kind of bring us back because, you know, we're talking about our experiences, we're talking about coping mechanisms. And I think that there, there are can be positive coping mechanisms. I think that's what we need to determine is what are positive coping mechanisms that allow me to move through this difficulty with a little bit more ease and grace. And when I come out the other side of this darkness and I'm back in the light, then I can, I have the energy and the space and the light to process that situation that I went through. So then I can I can heal, I can learn, and I can grow. So as much as we talk about coping mechanisms, I think they are necessary in life. Just as you were saying, the use of marijuana saved your life, right? That was a coping mechanism that maybe at one time was a bad coping mechanism. And then you were able to turn it around in order to be a positive coping mechanism for you. So in saying that, Uh, As I was saying earlier, I want to kind of take the conversation and and gear it back towards emotions because that's what we're talking about in a sense is the use of marijuana or any coping mechanism like scrolling social media or alcohol or whatever. Usually the reason why we're doing it is to numb our emotions because we don't want to feel the pain of them. Right. We don't want to feel burdened by our emotions. And I think in speaking about mental illness, depression and suicide, from my perspective, a lot of that um, plays into our emotions, because our emotions and our feelings are how we experience life. And so I have always said that I'm an extremely sensitive person. And I always thought my sensitivity was a bad quality. I I never really liked it because it meant that like I could cry on a dime. I remember one time I was working for my uncle and I got really sick and I, I had to ask if I could go home from work and I started crying. And he was like, why are you crying? Like, but that's just how sensitive I am. Now I understand that my sensi- sensitivity is a superpower of mine because, as much as I feel the heavy, harsh emotions very strongly, I also feel the positive and uplifting emotions just as strongly. So, I think, you know, for those of us, again, tying back into mental illness and depression, for those of us that have experienced this, are experiencing this, or those of us that see family members or friends that are experiencing this, I think the number one thing that we can carry with us and we can spread the knowledge on is that your emotions are not a burden. And your emotions do not define you, right? This one moment in time and however you feel, it does not define your life and it does not define who you are. And I think it's really easy for us to judge ourselves when we're feeling those emotions to compare ourselves against other people who are maybe doesn't seem like they're feeling emotions. Right? So I, I think being able to create space with someone, um, If, if we can, and maybe you want to touch on this from your own experience as well, because you said that you didn't even know how to ask for help, let alone how to help yourself. So, so how do we move forward with that and knowing that emotions are not a burden yet when you're in them. It feels all consuming and you don't know what to do for yourself. So I know I have my own tips and tricks that I've used for flowing through my emotions, but I'd love to hear, you know, where your mind's at, Ange, in, in regards to this topic.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, to point out um, your feelings and emotions, how they're not a part of us, the same goes for our thoughts, okay? Because our, our feelings and our emotions are Made from the thoughts that go on in our mind. So when we can be coming from a place of a higher awareness to ourselves, you know, we're not attaching how we feel to what's going on inside of our life, it's a lot easier to kind of pinpoint the things that we wish to change. Not our flaws. I'm not going to use that word because they're not flaws. We're because we are exactly where we need to be. We are doing everything we need to be doing right now in this current moment in time. But as soon as we create a higher awareness, that is when we can actively decide, okay, I would like to change this quality about myself. So when we can come from this higher place and we look at, our thoughts and we can say, okay, that thought is not good for me because I'm realizing it's provoking a feeling which then promotes an emotion to come forward. And I know we've talked about this before, how emotions last anywhere from six to 90 seconds. How do they stay longer than a minute and a half is based off of the story that we go back to in our minds. So if we're constantly stockpiling and adding things on, what's, on the original thing that we were already worried about or stressed about thinking about whatever, it's going to create more feelings and more emotions pop forward. Hence why it feels like they are lasting longer, but it's not the actual emotion itself. It's the thoughts that are sticking. So I think that is like the biggest thing is being able to separate yourself from what's actually going on. Separate yourself from those heavy, dark feelings. No, on a bad day, it's impossible. Like you can't do this. This is not what I'm trying to say here, but it's on the good days. You can do this because on the good days, you can literally do anything. And I say that if you set the intention that you can do anything, but if you think you cannot do it, then you are going to do everything in your brain power to prove to yourself that you cannot do it. So as soon as you trust that process, that you can look at things from a higher perspective, then start looking at those qualities that you do wish to change about yourself. Because that's exactly what I did on how I wanted to change my usage of marijuana. I knew that it wasn't good the way that I was coping with it, but I knew that it was helping me in that moment. So how could I have shifted that? Well, I had to remove myself from my current situation and look at things from a complete bird's eye view to figure out exactly what I need to do, where and when. Now, just to kind of, before I continue on here, I know at the start of this conversation, you know, we said we're not professionals and we're not here to throw all these tips and tricks. Again, this is us living through our own life. This is us living through our own experiences. And something I do wanted to point out is, Yes, Sid and I have our education and the things that we teach our clients, but we also have some beautiful thing called personal experiences that is so valuable that it's not something that can be taught. So how we teach our clients, how we talk on this podcast, it's with the full intention that the things that we currently embody in our life is possible to help you because like honestly, a little side note, I know I said, I want to to quickly point this out here But there have been moments in my life where I have outsourced. I've seen a psychologist. I've seen a therapist. I've seen all sorts of people that have that boom stamp certification. You are certified in this. Here's the thing. Through meeting all these different types of people, through going to see all those different types of people, the ones that stuck out to me the most were the ones that actually did what they said. And that is a hard pill to swallow because I've seen psychologists where they say and do to do all these different things, but yet they do the complete opposite behind closed doors. And this is why I think you and I are so unique because yes, we have our education to back us, but we also have what we embody in our life in our, in order for what we know to be true, because that right there is the most important piece. So yes, no, we don't have a specific psych, psychologist or a therapist, you know, right. certification beside us, but our experience a hundred and 30,000% can definitely help someone that's also going through what we experience. Because not everything that you need to hear is going to come from a textbook because you have to think right. about it. The people with the, those titles, they read stuff from the textbook, the things that they were taught. Right. I, I really like that you
0: pointed that out because I, I think that is good to remember, you know, the way that I started this podcast, I think, yes, is good to say that, like, we're not licensed professionals. And then tying in what you said, it is also good to say that, like, we know what we are talking about, because we are talking from our personal experiences. And it's really interesting that you say that about your uh, history with working with licensed professionals, and it not always working out in your favor. Um, every single long-term mentoring client that I've had have all seen uh, psychotherapists, psychologists, counselors, therapists, people that mm-hmm. have the education to back them up and learn from textbooks. And every single one of them came to me saying that, none of that stuff worked for them. So I'm not saying that like those people are bad because no, I think it does work for certain people. And I think that they have a lot of information that is quite beneficial. There's a reason why it's, it's an industry that is still going, but exactly as you say, I think when we can learn from someone who is sharing their own experiences, what that creates is this sacred container Where we can trust the person that we're talking to, because even though they haven't lived our experiences, we can connect to them in a deeper way, which builds that trust because they're being vulnerable in their experiences and allows us to know they're not just you know spilling shit out their mouth because this is what a textbook told them to do but they're talking from a genuine and sincere space because they've experienced something difficult as well and these are actual practices and tools that have helped them so i love that you point that out i love everything that you're saying about you know our emotions and thoughts not defining us and and needing to be willing to look at these from a higher perspective and then you you tied in what I really wanted to touch on was that it's not necessarily that you do, that you look from a higher perspective on the bad days. Cause you and I both know that when we're in the bad days, we're not looking at shit from a higher perspective. Like no. we are in the mud, we are in the quicksand and we are just trying to keep ourselves afloat. So when we say That we need to be willing to separate ourselves from these heavy, harsh emotions and thoughts, that we have the power to change them if that's what we desire to do. That is not the type of work that you do when you're in the depressive thoughts. That is not the the process that you move through when you're experiencing the depressive emotions, right? That when you're in the down days and the bad days, you need to do what you can with your positive coping mechanisms to just help you through. So for me personally, it's about not thinking, why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. This is so important. Please, people listening and spread this, this message if you can and if it resonates with you. Do not process and try to understand your emotions when you are in that emotion, yes. right? Because exactly as you're saying, Ange, the reason why that emotion continues is because of the story we create in that moment. And when we're in that moment, we are not clear thinking, where it like the emotion is leading us in our thinking and then our thoughts are leading the emotion to continue so for me, a practice that has really helped me in my emotions when I'm feeling those heavy, harsh ones is to cry, like put on a sad movie and let those tears flow. Mm -hmm. Do not try and think about why you're feeling what you're feeling. Go for a walk, like remove yourself from your physical space because emotions and thoughts and actions, all of that is energy. And so if we're feeling these dark, heavy emotions, our energy is going to be much lower, And when we're in the physical space of our house or our room or a building, having the four walls around us and a roof over our head is creating zero amount of space for this energy to flow out of us and new energy to flow into us. And what ends up happening is it becomes stagnant. So if you're feeling really sad and you stay in your room all day, that is. Energy is going to stay in your space. So, if you can, go sit outside, like go for a walk, open a window and just sit on your chair with the window open, facing the window. Do whatever it is that you can to try and change your physical environment. And when we remove the barriers of those walls, It allows things to flow much easier, which only allows us that space to flow through that emotion. And that was my biggest lesson that I had to learn in regards to using marijuana as a numbing coping mechanism. And then in my healing process after my mental breakdown was the realization that if I want to experience the good, happy, light, uplifting emotions, then I also have to be willing to experience the hard emotions. And it does not mean, again, that either emotion defines me, but flowing through the difficult ones gets me that much closer to the good ones. And then, exactly as you're saying, Ange, when you're on the good days, Then we can dig in and do that work where we can start to process, okay, three days ago, I was feeling really low. Why do I think that came forward? How can I support myself next time? You know, in in episode 65, we talked about having that list of things that light us up. So when we are having a difficulty, we don't know how to support ourselves. We don't know how to ask for help. We turn to our wall because we've posted this list on our wall. Like, are you feeling sad, Sydney? Go for a walk. Like, let yourself cry, right? So, those, so then, because I've, at least me personally, I've found that when I am in, in a more difficult emotion, whether it's sadness or it's frustration, um, I, I can lean into judgment really quick. And I can judge myself and why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And I can judge myself and saying, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Come on, keep pushing through. Right. And then that's not honoring you. It's not honoring me and how I feel in that moment. So having that list pre-made when we're in the good space so that when we're in the more difficult space, we can say like, oh, wow, like past Sydney was really smart and supportive in how she created this for me. And I know even though I'm sad and I want to resist anything that's good, I know that it's going to do me good by doing these things.
1: Mm -hmm. And that just goes to prove why and how, well, I guess more so why we don't deal with the hard emotions when we're in the hard emotions right it's on the good days that we need to be thinking about how we're going to implement these certain practices so that way when we do have a bad day come forward because you know they are going to come forward I hate to break it to all of you but those bad days are going to come back but it's having something in place like a plan of action because you know, some, some therapist counselors that I've seen in the past, it's like, we'll fill out this worksheet, write down all these things. It's like, I don't want to do any frigging work. I just need no. to be able to feel, I need to be able to get out of this. How do you get out of this? It's, it's such a simple thing, but you allow yourself to feel the way you feel without judgment, without any sort of a story attachments that you're creating from when you're actually in that Just focus on what is causing you so much heartache, what is causing you so much deepness, what is causing you so much heaviness, and allow yourself to fully feel that. And if you need a permission slip to allow yourself to do that, because you're like, well, I don't know if I can or I should, here, boom, I just gave it to you. That is your permission slip that the next time you feel sad, you're allowed to feel sad, and you're allowed to feel it to the full extent of it but you're not allowed to add stories to what you're already currently going through. So that right there is going to be our bestest and whatever, like, I don't want to say like only tip, but like our bestest,
0: (laughs) our bestest tip for that. Well, and I think it's really the reminder that, you know, if, If anyone here listening is experiencing mental illness, depression, suicidal thoughts, you know, there are so many different ways to get help, of course. Mm -hmm. And so all we are doing in this conversation, as I said at the beginning, is just to continue the conversation, right? If we can share one little tip of allowing yourself to feel it and remembering that it's not forever, Right. I think other than that, we can spout a whole bunch of different things for you to do in those moments. But just as you said, when you receive that worksheet that the therapist gave you to fill out, like, that's not what you want to do when you're in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that when I'm in those heavy, harsh emotions, like all I want to do is curl up on my floor and cry. Like there's nothing that I'm not like, Ooh, let me get my journal and journal through this. As I'm coming out of the emotion, I might be more inclined to use my journal only because I have built a practice as a positive coping mechanism that my journal helps me through those moments. And it reminds me that this is only a moment in time and this moment does not define me. So. I really hope that in sharing our own experiences today, it has opened the conversation for some people, either to let you know that you're not alone in whatever it is that you're feeling, or maybe for those of you listening to know that people experience this. Like If you've never experienced these thoughts or emotions yourself, I'm not telling you that, you know, all I'm saying is that this is something. That people experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's even if you don't experience it, it's wise to just have another perspective on life, because the more perspectives we can gain, then the more support and love that we can give to the people around us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So. We've been
0: talking for a while now, and as always, we can keep going forever, Uh, but we're going to actually just do a card reading now just to bring us a little bit more guidance and support into what it is that we need to know in our lives right now um, around supporting ourselves, maybe like, what do we need to know as we lean into supporting ourselves? And we've got two cards that just flipped over. And snake is the first card that comes forward and it says shed old skin. And I love this message. You know, I think a lot of people have fears of snakes for for whatever reason, but snakes are a very powerful medicine for us to lean into. And the idea is that we're allowed to shed our old skin in order to grow into the next version of ourselves. So I think when we're experiencing experiencing a difficulty or we're moving through something that's a lot more painful and hard, it is the reminder that this is happening so we can shed our skin from this past moment and we can grow into that next version of us. So with this card, it is this reminder that this is a moment in time you are growing. Allow this healing to take place because when you cry, my gosh, are you healing yourself, right? So I love this reminder that we are shedding our old skin. The second card that has come forward is shapeshifter. And it says, transform and unveil your gifts. And this card is really reminding us of the ability that we have to change, to shift, to evolve and to grow. And with each experience we move through, it gives us an opportunity to find new ways to use our gifts, to use our strengths and the things that we are really good at. So as we are healing in shedding our old skin we are being provided an opportunity to allow ourselves to transform to evolve and to use our gifts in new ways
1: these are beautiful and it's so funny because as soon as you pulled off that first card you know what came to my mind was that permission slip yeah like that permission slip is literally the like the actual act of shedding off the old skin because the snake is permitted to do so that's what allows the snake to keep growing and growing is by shedding away all that old skin and by us creating this permission slip for us to allow ourselves to go through those deep heavy emotions without any judgment without any additional thoughts or stories that are being played on that that also allows us to shed and the second card shapeshifter like hello transform and unveil your gifts to me that was let's create a new story Let's create a new story. Let's decide in this moment that we're just going to change the plot because we can, we are the co-creators of our own life. And, you know, I, I saw this funny meme on, uh, on Instagram and it was so funny because it is so relevant to all of us, especially me for what I was going through, but I'm going to reword it just a little bit, but if you knew me from 2012 to 2018, I'm sorry that for that person that you knew, because I also didn't know that person. I am a completely different person from those eight years of my life. I don't even know who that person is, but guess what? I decided it's time for me to create a new story. It's time for me to create a new plot. You know, I cried about those past eight years about old Angie and how she showed up. But it doesn't mean that just because I showed up and how I did for those past eight years that's who I am. I get to decide who I am when I decide who I am. And this is literally all you guys need right now is you need that permission slip in order for you guys to create your own storyline. So, boom. Here it is. There you go. And I hope that these yeah. cards that were pulled just you know, maybe gave you just another perspective, gave you a little bit more guidance, gave you a little bit more support in those difficulties that you're currently facing because Sid and I both know what it's like to go through a heavy, difficult moment in your life, but we're also here to remind you those moments don't last forever, even though they feel like they do. We are going to leave it here because we could (laughs) chit-chat forever, but we've been so intentional with bringing things down a little bit shorter just so that way we can have more things to talk about in upcoming weeks. So with that said, guys, before we officially sign off, don't forget to hit that rating button. This is what this podcast is for, is to create these difficult conversations in our everyday lives so that way you can also carry on this conversation because it's okay to not be okay, but we just need to remind others that as well so with that said guys we love you so so much and we cannot wait to chat with you guys or i guess chat at you (laughs) next week and with that we're sending you guys so much love light support and whatever sort of vibes you guys need for now until then bye bye everyone